0: Hey guys, I'm your host, Jay Shrek, and welcome to Season 2 of The Ogre Booth. guys and welcome back to the ogre booth the show or the podcast where we talk about everything across the multimedia media platform and I am here to just talk about a few things today um one of which is gonna be branching out and talking a little bit about the topic of just how bands are in the music industry, especially rock bands and stuff, have been leaning a lot more towards that poppier side and have become a lot more poppy. So that's going to be my main discussion later in the episode. But I would like to start off with just my impressions and stuff of like the whole halftime show that happened yesterday at the Super Bowl because I I have some things that I want to discuss and get off my chest. So, without further ado, let's dive straight into this episode. So, that halftime show. Uh, it's literally the only thing I saw b- d- b- during the whole Super Bowl. I came home from work It was half just halftime was just started. I heard what the uh, (laughs) I heard what the score was at the time. It was three to nothing Patriots, and I'm just kind of like, you know what, I could care less about this game, but I was interested in watching that uh halftime show because I knew Maroon 5 was going to be there, and I was wondering. "Eh." Is Maroon Five worth it or not? Uh, and at the same time, uh, there was rumors that with that whole petition of Sweet Victory being played during the halftime show. Well, as we all may have known, uh, for those that those of you guys that have listened, been listening, and everything, uh, thank you. But uh, and if you watch watch the Super Bowl and you watch a halftime show, then you know what I'm talking about. Because the way I saw this is they should either say, uh, should have either just played Sweet Victory, SpongeBob style and everything, or just don't. What did they do? They teased us. They gave us a tease. They did. They didn't give us Sweet Victory at all. All they did was they brought up that, but it was a three to five second clip and they showed that and they led straight into, I don't even remember what song, I think it was Sugar. Or Five Sugar, but uh, what a disappointment. But all the memes and everything that came from it afterwards and everything and just what everybody was playing, like Here Lies Squidward's Soaps and Dreams and what well, was it, the GP's, cheapskate and, and skating all that. It's 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 been a blast. It's been fun seeing everything like just pop up and go everywhere and how everybody's reacting to just that in general. Like the whole Spongebob thing was the biggest thing because but biggest thing about probably the Super Bowl, which is sad because so many people re- uh, just really wanted to have this actually happen because well if you didn't know already, Steven Hillenburg, who was the creator and writer and everything of SpongeBob, who created SpongeBob, everything about SpongeBob, he passed recently. If you didn't know already, it was all over the place. So you probably knew, but if you didn't, you heard it here as well. And because of that passing, they, uh, a lot of these, uh, a petition started, what was it back in November or whatever, to try to get sweet victory to play at the Super Bowl halftime show to um, honor Steven Hillenburg and everything, because in that episode with Band Geeks and, er- and everything, when Sweet Victory was played, it was at the Bubble Bowl or whatever, which was really it looked like it was just a football game like the Super Bowl or something. So it was it was kind of funny and everything, but how they want it, but just the fact that they wanted to do this, they were hoping to get it and apparently even like they even had a sound check of like Sweet Victory or something the day before which was really weird because everybody was saying like oh it's going to happen but what happened we just got that clip now everybody's disappointed i'm disappointed i'm upset at the same time it got people talking so what can you do but other than that with the rest of the halftime show we got Uh, not that much stuff like room five, obviously Um, Adam Levine, like he is a very talented singer and everything. So like the songs that I did hear that he played and everything that I enjoyed were like his classics, like this love. um, She will be loved. Even was surprised to hear like moves like Jagger. I actually almost forgot that song existed because that, because that song was engraved, in my head, at like such a weird time and everything, when I was just graduating from high school, I believe, and it was a weird song, but uh, at the same time, it was kind of annoying. But at the same time, people enjoyed it. I was on the fence of, on this song back in the day, but that was just something different and interesting. But uh, there was a lot of songs that I was like, just like. Eh. That he played like Sugar and all that in a lot of the newer so- songs As well but Um I didn't care for like the features And stuff with the other like Rappers and all that stuff and how They led What I don't even remember what song it was after That little Spongebob clip or Whatever but whatever it was It was Yeah Like I said it I didn't care for that weird stuff, but, and, oh my word, the last thing I want to talk about with the whole halftime show, which I think is kind of ridiculous and kind of stupid, like, I get why people are doing it, because people are just bothered by it, but the whole comparison that people are saying between Adam Levine uh, slowly just taking off more clothes all the way to the point where he's not wearing a shirt and he's showing his nipples in comparison back to the uh point in time with that super bowl halftime show that had justin timberlake and janet jackson and how um justin timberlake uh revealed her nipple and it's just kind of like well it's two different situations about the whole thing but at the same time like i understand a little bit why people are talking about it, but at the same time, who cares? People are just kind of overreacting about the whole situation a little bit. Just like, oh, if he shouldn't have been allowed because of Janet Jackson and everything, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, well, the male body has always been presented as different, especially within the upper chest area and everything, it's I don't know, this might just be a male bias type of thing, I don't know but uh, I think it's stupid, pointless why are we even discussing this? why am I even discussing this right now? I guess I just saw a post Facebook I think it was or something, I'm just kind of like why, but uh, it was, uh, it's just very questioning and very questionable thing to even discuss or just be talking about. I don't know. I I really just wanted to put this in just so we had, just so I had a little bit more substance to this episode because I had other stuff planned. But at the same time, I don't, didn't even really remember what else I could be doing uh, I couldn't remember what else I had planned because I had stuff planned last week but at the same time I forgot what they were so now we just kind of like doing this thing so as of this point why not just lead to lead straight into are they still a band so what? who are we going to talk about today <laughs> So, today's band that I'm going to be talking about is, indeed, quite an older band. You may or may not remember them. They were kind of like the, on the edge of that late alternative 90s, uh, like, trend and everything, but have the those elements of pop punk and everything. Uh, this band was titled Eve Six. Like, that's exactly what they were, uh, like, categorized as. Alternative Rock, Pop Punk. If you don't know offhand who these guys are, they had that big song, uh what was it? Inside Out, I believe is what it was called. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Inside Out. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. But other than that, there was like two other songs that were kind of big for them, which was um, two songs from their second album, which was... Uh, promise and here's to the night But are they still banned Well According to their wikipedia page They Um What was it uh, parent. Well it looks like they still are Huh It's really hard to say Because they have stuff that they're talking about from like 2018, but they haven't had an album since 2012 with speaking code, which was uh, their reunited album. Uh, So let's see. Let's see. So, uh, on April 17th, 2018, drummer uh, Tony Faganson announced his departure from the group. The band then announced new drummer. And so, like, there's there's still a band. They're not really super active right now if they're doing anything. It's more like touring and stuff. They haven't. Created an album for a while, so I don't know if they ever will. But yeah, there it is, right there. They are, st- they're still a band. How about that? Well, that's everything about Eve Six and are they still a band? So before I head any further into this episode, I would like to give you guys a word from our sponsor, and it, yeah. Here's the word from our sponsor. Alright guys, so now it is time to talk about just bands going pop, like mainly like rock bands. Like there are other bands, like there's like pop punk bands, rock bands and such, and just my thoughts and feelings about all of this because... There's been a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of hate, but oh, a good amount of hate from the conversion from Bring Me the Horizon, uh, from their old, like, deathcore to their new album, which came out, what was it, two weeks ago now? Ammo, and, or Ammo, or however it's pronounced. I heard both. I don't know which one is correct, but either way, that album came out and there you're getting a lot of people that are praising the album, but at the same time, you're getting a good amount of people that are saying that the album is complete crap. So the question is who's right. What's, is it good? Is it bad? Well, I would like to think in my opinion that the album is good because the, will uh, Ollie and the band and everything, they have really embraced the new popier style and have actually used it and successfully, in my opinion, been able to work their voices and instruments in throughout to make it sound good. They really took those elements and that experimentation and delivered upon it in a manner that actually just works while there are other bands out there that want to experiment and want to take uh, some of these extra levels and everything in certain styles with their music and everything, but don't always deliver quality. While Bringley Horizon, in my opinion, actually delivered a quality album, whether or not the old Deathcore fans or even like fans of like their last two albums and paternal or that's a spirit or anything uh, those people may like about 50-50 of those people have uh, strong opinions about the new album whether or not they love it or they hate it Uh, and because of just that new popular style and everything you, you just either love it or hate it and i guess where i'm going with this is that they those people just don't really have a good like strong like supported reason they just don't like the direction they just don't like that poppier style like they don't they're not really focused in on whether or not they executed it out well or how they actually worked and actually managed to make the album work as a whole, while they're just more focused in on how just the album sounds to them. And just the first sound of just it being too poppy or whatever, they're just like, Nope, it's, it's trash. And then the, their mindsets are set to hear just what they don't want to hear versus what they want to hear, and just those people just don't seem to understand everything, and actually, uh, they can't appreciate the album for what it is. They always criticize and review an album based off of their previous thoughts and opinions. Uh, they can't, they can't just go and review or criticize. album based upon that what they're trying what the band is trying to accomplish which is what i try to do i try to criticize uh, any album or anything based on what it's trying to do and whether or not it succeeds in what the album or movie or whatever is trying to do and accomplish and i uh, and uh, like i said already i think Bring Me to the Horizon and Oli have successfully uh, established what they wanted to do with the new album, and they delivered, executed everything out perfectly, in my opinion, and that they delivered quality. And the quantity is good, too. So uh, so I think that it's it's uh, they really delivered a good quality album, while others may disagree with me. And a good example, I've discussed this before with uh, Dan on, my, on this podcast. Um, he with uh, Fall Out Boy and Mania. See, this is where I, where he doesn't seem to understand where I'm coming from with this, because like I said, uh, I tend to look as an album as a whole, how it works as a whole. Does every single song work together to make a cohesive album that I can actually sit through from beginning to end? And based off of that, that reasoning from the start uh, automatically determines whether or not uh, how I'm going to feel and kind of have like a general idea. Uh, also, how are they experimenting with their sound? Are they going to do anything different? And based off of that, I really criticize down and uh, break it down to a point and level of what are they trying to do? Are they executing everything out well, making these new styles and everything sound? good and trying to produce uh, good quality songs are the, how are the lyrics? Are they not, they don't necessarily always have to be um, like top quality lyrics, but do the lyrics match with the, uh, s- with the music and everything? Does it sound, do the lyrics sound and play? Are they catchy and everything? Um, will it ingrain and, in, your head in a good way or will it more or less uh sound kind of crappy and everything and like i really break everything down to that for more specifics and with fall boys mania listening through like i've said before there are songs i like there are songs i love and then there's just the songs that i just don't think work at all and based off of summarizing all of that together and knowing what Fall Out Boy really wanted to do with the album, did they succeed in doing what they wanted to do? Is it well-established of what they wanted to do with the album? And is it really self-explanatory with the whole album? No, it really is not, because there's just so much different experimentation that's laid out through out the album that it does jumps around too much doesn't really make sense cohesively and it just is a really hard listen through album and on they've really experimented way too much on certain songs uh while like I don't remember all of the songs on the album. So I'm going to look that up so I can kind of like give you guys a good idea of what I'm talking about. All right. Almost there. All right. So on certain examples that I really want to talk about and focus on. Uh, One of which being kind of like, uh, not like, but being young and menace. Um, It would have been better and would have worked better if they weren't uh, so determined to try to include like those EDM really high pitched wheels and everything within the chorus. Um, Otherwise it may have been actually a more enjoyable song. And I can agree with, my friend Dan, who actually saw them live and everything. You uh, may have discussed this with me in the previous episodes. I can't remember, but uh, he specifically said that when he saw them live, they played Young and Menace and it sounded great. And it uh, was actually a lot better than the recorded version that's on the album. And I can actually agree with him because they probably wouldn't try to do all that like EDM, all that weird experimentation stuff that they did on the album, because that's going to be really hard for, especially Patrick Stump to hit those really like high notes, obviously. So when performing, I can honestly believe that it actually did sound good because I don't think the lyrics are bad. I don't hate the song completely. I just hate that style, that, Edm influence that they tried to throw in really threw me for a loop, and really makes me not want to come back to this song just because of that experimentation. That just kind of like I don't want to say it fell flat. That's more or less a few other songs, but the experimentation on that song just it was overboard. Did not sound good. It it really hurt my ears. But on songs songs that did fall flat are like the songs Church, Heaven's Gate, and there was another one. Yeah, those Church, Heaven's Gate. Those are the two that really fell flat. Uh, I can't really seem to get into those songs. They don't really... Oh, what was the other one? Champion. Yeah, Church, Heaven's Gate, Champion. Those are the three that just, I'm very iffy on, uh, why just, they just don't do much for me. They didn't really experiment too much with those. They just sound like basic average poppy songs that just kind of like blend in. Like some of the lyrics here and there are just kind of like, okay, like I can see a little bit of like, um, what's, uh, Just a a little bit of like work that they actually were determined to try to put some uh, what's the word I'm looking for here effort I guess into put some effort into the lyrics a little bit here and there, but otherwise just the music quality, the sound and style, it falls flat. It's boring, which doesn't really make me want to come back that much. And like I was saying with like lyric-wise, "Stay Frosty Milky Tea," that's not an awful song. I like the sound, I like the style, but there's so many like cringy lines and everything that make it really hard to listen through that song. I can't really be coming back to that that all that much. And then like Bishop's Knife Trick, I'm that song has been really uh growing on me. So I I actually. I'm enjoying that song a lot more. Uh, so I do actually have that set up in a playlist for that. I'll be playing on repeat probably for the next few days at least. So, and the song that I don't care for and I was got wrong the other day. Oh, other week about who was featured on it. I said it was MGK, stupid me. I was thinking Mike Shinoda, but uh, Sunshine Riptide, uh, Burn-A-Boy, oh my word, the reggae influences, ah, this song makes me think, why, what are you doing, Fall Boy, what are you doing, because they, tr- they tried for something to experiment with, like, so much, they it was kind of like, Young and Menace, they took an experimentation style and everything, tried to enhance upon it and make it kind of their own thing and kind of work it together, which with the musical style and everything, it makes it hard for me to really listen to the words and really care about what they're saying because I'm just so distracted by the style itself. And it just doesn't fit and work, especially within the album. But just in general, general, this song does not work. Ah, I, I that song, uh, it's somewhere along the same levels as Young and Menace. But uh, other than that, the rest of the songs I love. I love the last of the ruins. I want, love hold me tighter. Down and wasn't expensive mistakes. Ah, but those those are those are great songs. If they would have focused more on the experimentations that they went on with those songs and actually and actually, made the other songs maybe around those types of style throughout the whole album and tried to make it more cohesive, being the fact that they focus around those styles a lot more so or less of, and even if they had those those other songs and just used the same words or whatever, like even Stay Frosty, Milky Tea, like obviously you're, you're in any album, you're going to have your songs that are just, uh, you don't care for nearly as much. But Stay Frosty, Milky Tea actually is pretty cohesive with those other three songs. But so... But, yeah, with any album, it's going to be hard to really uh, find a band that really uh, execute going from what their roots were to experimentations in a new genre and making more popular different experimentations and stuff. Like, even on the last Soft Boy record, uh, before this one, uh, what was it? American Beauty, American Psycho. I thought they did a fantastic job, actually, with their experimentations and going with the more popular side on that album. It actually sounded good. It worked well. There were a couple songs here and there that uh, I didn't care for nearly as much, but I could still find enjoyment in them. While on Mania, there's just not much, but there's... Been a lot of other bands that have just Gone pop as well um, I did A review for Or not review but a let's discuss Video on my YouTube channel For the latest Set It Off album uh, Titled Midnight Which I guess Like I can't really say that Set It Off was ever really Completely pop punk uh, They Like their first like two LPs uh, or I don't even know if horrible kids is really technically a full album, but uh, with their first album cinematics and since then each album has gotten a lot poppier and everything. So like, that's a fairly decent example of what I mean and what I'm talking about when it comes to everything. So, but what the, just all these different styles and everything that they kind of like go for, especially on their new album, midnight, they really executed everything out very well. It sounds good. There were some the little experimentations where they went a little more poppy or kind of like from their upside down album. Um, I'd almost sound a little boy bandish, but it still works. It still sounds like them. It still set it off at its core. And it just like a lot of the, not every single artist or bands or whatever that go for that popular style really work, always work. Um, but at the same time, we do have some artists that do actually make it work. Like, I think Bring Me the Horizon made it work. Uh, Fall Boy did not make it work, set it off. I think Cody Carson's voice actually works well with the popular style. So, right. That's working out very well as well. And then there's other bands as well. What is it, Bull for My Valentine? They had their new album that came out. That does that just doesn't work. Um, I tried listening through it. It just didn't sound good. Another good example of bands not working is 30 Seconds to Mars. Ah, Jared Leto and all that. Yeah. That last album was a huge disappointment and i mean huge there i I can't can't say that i don't like any songs on the album because i do there i was i can't remember the names of the songs but the two main singles that they came out with before the album came out what was it dangerous love Uh, i don't really want to have to look this up but i will Oh my word! <laughs> uh, Thirty seconds to Mars. Um. Uh, what was it? Oh, Walk on Water and Dangerous Night. Those were the two big ones that were, uh, the the big ones. And even what was it? Even their song Rescue Me on the album isn't. Awful, but at the same time, it's not really that good either. But there's just a lot on that album that just does uh, it, it sucks. It, that album really fell flat and was just a big disappointment. Um, let's see what, like other albums or artists as well. Uh, some artists that actually did it and worked well. For a while, Fall Out Boy was working out just fine. Uh, they were more, I guess, arena rock, pop rock versus like pure pop. But there have are artists that almost went pure pop, like Paramore, for example. Uh, Haley Williams, her voice always worked well with the old, old more pop punk style. But with each album, uh, started to get a little more poppy. Have a few more like super poppy songs, like one of the poppiest songs on like the original like three albums was uh the only exception and even that's what you get was pretty poppy too but they all still had that uh instrumentation and had those influences of like the pop punk and everything with the more punk elements especially on that's what what you get but uh, as they transitioned into their self-titled started to bring more popular elements with like Ain't It Fun Still Into You and then even with their latest album they went pure like alternative rock pop rock act pretty much with just pretty much every single song but because Haley Williams voice just works well with, uh, pop, with that pop sound like any female voice almost works very well with uh, that pop si- style and everything. So you can't like disagree with that completely because yes, at, almost any female voice can work with it while at the same time any female voice, if uh, established and worked well correctly can work with other uh, like alternative genres other like uh, rock with like Amy Lee and, and even on old Paramore and stuff with punk rock and stuff. But most women can lean their voice into the, that popular style, which is in my opinion good because that way uh, Paramore can stick with that newer style. And stay, stay, and stick with that. And and I think that the after, Laughter I thought it was a good album. It's a really solid album. It's not their best album, but it's still a very solid, good, cohesive album. And that was established well and just worked. Uh, but uh, I get. I don't really want to say Panic at the Disco. Because every single album is different. Like, seriously, there are songs, yes, on like Death of a Bachelor that are very, very poppy. Uh, like, uh, even on uh, too, too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die, we had songs like Miss Jackson. Uh, I don't want to say. Uh, this is gospel I guess this is gospel a little bit was on the popular side, but at the same time still ha- maintain that alter- more unique alternative style. but like Miss Jackson, girls, girls boys, I don't like that song now <laughs> that's that's pretty much the song that kills me on that album. Like I can tolerate it, but I don't can't really I don't really sing to that song and you shouldn't blame me for that because it's a very weird mm-hmm. song. But uh, on, like I was saying, on Death of a Bachelor, with certain songs like Victorious, uh, I don't want to say Emperor's New Clothes because like oh, a little bit, but at the same time, it still has that uniqueness that Panic and Brit and Yuri have always been good at. Yeah, but uh, uh, Don't Threat, Don't Threat Me with a Good Time was very poppy. L.A. Devotee, um, th- there were a lot, lot more like popular songs and everything. And on the latest album pray for the wicked there yes there are some popular songs like uh specifically say amen saturday night that's very poppy but at the same time it still has those alternative elements that make it unique and different so really panic at the disco hasn't really gone straight pop yet they've had Songs that have a lot of popier influences, but haven't ne- necessarily just gone straight into that pop category. They they're still very much just a straight alternative band. But uh, that's that's Panic at the Disco. I had another band that I wanted to to talk about. I can't remember exactly who who that was, but. I'll think about it, but really, that's that's just the whole deal and everything with bands going from their original genre to pop or whatever. Uh, and whether or not I doubt any bands or, or artists are really going to be listening to this, but if you have an idea or want to transition into a more poppier um. Uh, genre or style or whatever and include more elements or experiment within other genres I think that you should really take your time and make sure you're really doing everything like carefully make sure everything sounds good make sure you're actually proud of what came out and it just has sometimes you just have to know what sounds good and what doesn't. Wild Fog Boy, they, I I don't even know if they knew what they were doing when they created Mania. Like they said that they did and they had a plan that it was going to be one of their most uh, well established albums and everything, but it's, it's, it fell super flat. It didn't receive well at all. <laughs> I don't even think there were any critics or anything that really praised the album for anything but and when it comes down to the end that's that's just life oh yeah but i did want to talk a little bit about i guess all time low as well because they have especially with last young renegade they really experimented with that album uh they had a lot like they still had have that back and band and everything but they experimented with like synthesizers and other little instruments and stuff here and there but i think in my opinion it wasn't a bad album it's definitely their worst album but it's not a bad album when you have to when you listen through the album as a whole it sounds pretty cohesive uh there there are a couple like weird random jump uh uh jump moments uh, throughout the album, like uh, I can't remember some of the names of the songs. I'm blanking on them again. But uh, either way, they they go from like that alternative style that they established like within most of the first half, and then they go back to like a uh their classic pop punk style for a couple tracks, and then establish that alternative style again. It wasn't bad. The lyrics weren't bad or whatever but on some of the songs the experimentation just didn't wasn't all that interesting on some of the songs which is why the album is definitely their worst album but at the same time like i said it's not a bad album but that's that's everything that i want to say with all of that i hope you guys got a good idea of now kind of like what i mean in my some of my opinions on some of these artists that have gone from like rock to this new popular style popular influences because these these i get it these bands want to stay relevant they want to stay in like whether they just want to stay in, like the more of a rockier mainstream and or if they want to branch out from their like pop punk roots in, into the like the real like uh billboard 100 mainstream and stuff which there have been artists that have done that like like i said panic of the disco with high hopes that's actually their highest his their highest Start in panic song to date uh beaten out i write sins not tragedies which is pretty insane to really think about because that was a huge song back in the day when Their first album dropped, and looking back, it's like it's been a long time. It what is? It's been over ten years now since uh, Panic first released their first album, and but yeah, just every just I think I think that's insane because that was a pretty big song. Uh, I read since not tragedies, I believe charted at number. Seven on the Billboard 100, while High Hopes. Where did that chart fourth? <laughs> yes, it tra- it uh, That that's the highest song, highest charted song that it by Panic at all, which is pretty crazy because Panic is doing well at staying relevant and at the same time staying staying true to. The uniqueness that is Panic at the Disco, but that's like I already said—that's everything dealing with the soul topic. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, and make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast on, um, and you can always go to one of my social media platforms, and which is either whether you're go, going to Twitter. You, uh, you can follow me over there at Outcast092, or you can go to my Facebook page, follow me over there, so you can stay up to date on every single episode of the Ogre Booth, and even keep up to date with my YouTube channel and my videos that have, have been and are being uh, released over there as well. And oh, I forgot how to put the name, but that is these/slash ogre slash man so go over there follow me like subscribe and i hope hope you guys enjoy this episode because i actually had more f- fun uh doing this than i thought was gonna come out so i'll see you guys next week